Hi, this is Dave Coulier, and you're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder. Okay, let's rewind. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Wendy Mayberry. I do think that a lot of my sense of humor came from being overweight. Usually there's some sort of little piece of sand in the oyster that causes the pearl, right, of comedy. Oh, and so yeah, I think yeah. my piece of sand was, was moving around and, and being bigger and having to develop something to overcome those things. Great talk with Wendy Mayberry. She's a comedian from Minneapolis, Minnesota, or that's where she works out of anyway. She's uh, actually from all over, and you'll hear about that in just a little bit. Again, great conversation. You may not have heard of her yet, but I'm sure you are going to. Song of the Week is from John Newman, but first, let's go to the archives uh, for some nonsense. Bud Weisenheimer Light presents Really Clever Guys. Really Clever Guys. Today we salute you, Mr. Funny Beer Commercial Writer. It's a funny big commercial writer. Some people write funny screenplays, other pen humorous books. You pack a whole lot of hilarity into a 30-second radio spot. A word from our sponsor. Guys who wear toupees, roller skaters with big boom boxes, people with unusually large rolling coolers. You don't care whose toes you step on. Ouch, that hurts. And the best part is, morning zookeepers and other hack radio types rip off the idea all the time and make their own lame versions. This is the serious form of flattery. So here's to you, oh laugh man of the logger. Crack open a nice cold Bud Weisenheimer. Because without you, beer wouldn't be that funny. Mr. Funny, the commercial writer. PS Tape Reporter, Cincinnati, Ohio. Your friends are awesome at rock band, but you can't even make it through one song. Oh, man! But now you can have just as much fun as your more talented and more coordinated friends with the Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Check, 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 check. Little higher, little higher. Check, 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 check. How's that? Check, check. Get your friends tuned up and get their levels set before they start shredding. Is that clipping? I think that's clipping a little. What do you think? Want to try it again? But make sure you do a good job, or your butt will fail. Dude! And you'll wind up at the merch tent. The long sleeve tee is 40 bucks. Yeah, here you go. Rock Band Roadie Add-On Pack. Available now. Coming soon. Rock Band Groupie Pack. And Rock Band Ticket Scalper Pack. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. And this just in, go to any of our Home Shirts websites, use the code COMEHOME, all one word, and receive 20% off for a limited time. Now, on with the show. Wendy Mayberry is a stand-up comedian based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She's getting out around the country now, though, headlining and featuring and such. So you should catch her if she comes to your town. But in the meantime, here now is our conversation with Wendy Mayberry. Well, um, suffice to say, I don't know much about Wendy Mayberry. Um, I saw, <laughs> a lot of people don't. I saw some of your well, I'm down in Cincinnati, actually. I'm not even in Minneapolis. I've been to Minneapolis twice for an hour in the airport. 
and I just kind of felt, oh, that's you should get out more. Yeah, that's yeah, not great. No, it's not. Well, it's on the way to other places though. So, um, yeah. Well, let's start from the top then, uh, as Marin would do. Where are you from, man? Well, um, I was made in Japan, and I lived all over the U.S. My dad's in the military. Okay. And so I went to four high schools, and I lived in Germany for a while. I lived on a boat for a while. Oh, my gosh. Uh, on the Mississippi River. That was cool. And then I lived in New York and L.A. Didn't do comedy in New York or L.A. I was a photographer, because that oh. would have been easier. And I moved to Minneapolis to um, shoot advertising for uh, the portrait studios at Target, because they're based in Minneapolis. And then I thought, why don't I start center comedy? Wow. Well, that's it. Since I'm not in an area where it's easy to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Minneapolis isn't? No, no, it's actually it's actually fantastic. There's mics yeah. every night of the week, but you wouldn't. If I already lived in LA, New York, it would have been really convenient if I oh, figured yeah, yeah. out I like doing it when I lived there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, for the I mean, I would say it's it's probably more of like a uh, a second tier city for comedy. Where Cincinnati, we're more like third or fourth because you have three clubs in Minneapolis, and it's a bigger yeah. city, and a lot of people have come from there, and people come from Cincinnati too. Uh, Josh Sneed, Gary Owen, people like that. But then, of course, you have that big sure. contingency from Minnesota. Um, well, gosh, let me let's let, let's back up a little bit. So you were uh, born sure. in Japan, and then uh, you uh, moved around the U.S. Uh, got that part. And how did you wind up on, living on a boat on the Mississippi? Let's. So yeah, I actually uh, my first my first career was as a photographer. That's what I wanted to be um, when I was a little kid. And so I went to college and went to photography school. And then thought it'd be super exotic to be a ship photographer, you know, a cruise ship. We get to travel oh, yeah. everywhere. And yeah, so I applied, and the only opening they had was the Mississippi River. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, so I thought, okay, at the breakneck speed of 25 miles an hour, uh, I get to explore the whole interior of the U.S. And actually, it was super cool. We got to go on all the major rivers, and I had a good time. I always have a good time, so. Um, Sounds yeah. like it. So, where did the ship sail from and to, basically? So the main route was Minneapolis to New Orleans, and actually okay. it's based in New Orleans, and now it's Minneapolis. That was the first time I've been in Minneapolis was on the boat, uh, okay. and I didn't, like like you, I didn't, I spent like an hour in dock, I didn't actually get yeah. out, and, um, good. Wow. And then, and then we went on, um, Cincinnati, Ohio, Tennessee, and Cumberland Rivers, so we went all the oh. way over to Huntsville, Alabama, and Cincinnati, Yay. and Memphis. Yeah. So you've been to Cincinnati, but again, did you? Did you I have. So did you? But you did. Did you disembark in Cincinnati, or were you just on the boat, like with the other stops? Well, I have been to Cincinnati a couple times um, for work and and play, but on the boat we just would stop. And I think I don't know if I got off. When we have turnover days where passengers all leave and new passengers get on, you can get out and check out the city. But generally, you know, we stay on the boat. Wow, this is fascinating. So then, you, it is actually really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, well, and oddly, of course, I've spoken to a lot of comedians lately that um, have been doing a lot of cruise ship work. Cause that's a that's a big thing, comedy wise. Uh, Rob yeah. Little, um, Phil Palisol, and things like that. And yeah. It's, um, it's become a big thing. Have you done any of that work uh, at all? I, I, you know, I haven't. So I love Rob Little. I've worked with him a couple times. I think he's awesome. And he told me you need two clean hours. I have a hard time being clean uh, um, yes. for an hour. <laughs> I've seen. But I think that's a goal. And I actually really love, people hate cruise ships, either love or hate cruise ships. Yeah, yeah. Some people can't imagine anything worse, you know, than being trapped with strangers. Um, but I enjoy it. I love strangers. I love seeing new things. So I would actually like to do a cruise ship as a comedian, which also comedians tend to sometimes look, look down on it. Yeah. Um, but to me, it's easy money. And I also, I work at a theme park, and I love people in vacation mode. 
Like, yeah. when they're having a good time, they're so fun to me. Like, I love it when people are on an adventure. So, I enjoy that. So, what theme park did you work at? I worked in Virginia at Paramount Kings Dominion. Okay. We have Kings Island right up the road here, this, their sister park. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, and I ran the kids' area, and I loved it. I ran a roller coaster with a microphone, so I've had a microphone Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> and it was super fun. Oh. So uh, I'll tell you real quick about cruise ships. Um, the, 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 the two ends of it I've heard from other comedians. Chris Porter said that the, uh, the, the um, accommodations are one step above a white-collar prison. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. And sure. then this fellow from Columbus, Daryl Joyce, he said he loved it because he wrote three books uh, while he was on the cruise ship because you, you really only have to work two hours a week sometimes. Yeah. The rest of the time you got to it's knock crazy. out these books. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, you know, the, uh, the ups and the downs of it, I guess. Um, so back to the amusement park gig, when you were on the mic, was that kind of the first inkling that you might want to maybe be in front of an audience telling jokes or did it have not occurred to you at that point? It was just a fun gig. You know, I have a very funny family, like a really funny family. My grandfather was a clown, my uncle was a magician, and my grandmothers, both sides, were terribly funny. So it didn't occur to me that I was actually a funny person, because in my universe, everybody's very funny. Okay. So um, I always liked being on stage uh, in lots of different forms, like acting, or um, I did sign language interpreting when I was a little kid. I liked being at the front of the room. Um, but it didn't occur to me that I would actually enjoy doing comedy. You know, so I always liked the spotlight, but comedy was something that happened way later. Okay. And what kind of finally gave that push over the cliff? I guess you were in Minneapolis when that happened. Did, were people at work saying, hey, you're pretty funny. You should go try out. We've got a lot of clubs here. You should try one of the open mics. Or how did that work? So basically when I lived in L.A. and New York, a lot of my friends would say, oh, my gosh, look at that. Or that's so funny. And I would just I'd kind of roll my eyes because I used to always have a lot of disdain for people who say they're one thing but want to be another. Like, I'm an actress, but I really want to direct. I'm like, why do you be an actress? <laughs> like, why don't you ease up on the ambition? You know, yeah, I used yeah. to, there's in L.A. that wrote me, like, people who are great actors that want to be, like, Neil Jovovich, who is a beautiful woman, amazing actress, wants to be a singer. I don't want to hear her sing. I yeah. want to see her act. So yeah. I had a lot of stupid judgments about that. Yeah. So when I moved to Minneapolis, where I didn't know anyone, and winter was coming, everybody needs a winter hobby, and I suck at sports, and ice fishing is terrible. So I decided to just try comedy because it's a robust comedy experience here in the winters. And I went up on stage and it went great. And I thought, that's fun. Let's do it again. And I also needed to make friends. And, and um, as weird as the comedians are, it was a cool group of people to fall in with. Yeah, it is a good uh, a good scene up there uh, to this day. I still talk to a lot of folks that... Uh... A lot of folks, of course, like uh, Tim Harmston and Mary Mack, they kind of have one toe still in that scene and, you know, are in Los Angeles and, and Jackie Cation and people like that. And, and then there's people that are friendly with it, like Tracy Ashley and Tim Slagle and all those folks. So, yeah, it's a, it's a happening scene. Um, it is, and they're so nice. Sorry, Tim and Mary, you know, last night Mary Mack was on Conan, and she literally had probably one of the best Conan sets I've ever seen. Did you see it? I haven't yet. I have it, yeah. I have it bookmarked. I'm going to watch it uh, at lunch, actually, after we finish this interview. So good. It's so good, and I'm so proud of her. And they're and they're really kind. Like Kim and Mary, particularly, I've had um, a lot of interactions with them, and they're just really helpful and kind. So it is a fantastic. And I also think it's nice to grow up in comedy, not in LA, and New York, because you don't have to worry that someone's going to see you early and think, "Oh, you're terrible." Right. You have a chance to be really good before you head out. So I think that is an advantage as well. Yeah, and then when you come from a scene like a Minneapolis, and even I guess to Cincinnati and St. Louis to a large extent, then people are like, "Oh, yeah, okay, they've they've come through that system." You know, maybe they yeah. are right now for the coasts. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So, so, and are you, uh, like, touring around regionally now, uh, featuring, headlining? Because that's what a lot of the guys are doing and gals are doing here from Cincinnati. That's kind of the next step that you do. Yep, yep. So, actually, 
what happened was I was doing a great job of, of headlining and starting to tour and really going out on like runs and, and figuring out making a huge leap. And I got knocked up. So that's exciting. Whoops. And then <laughs> that kind of derailed. Well, yeah, it kind of derails everything for a little while. And my son's now too. So it's kind of getting back in the swing. I never quit, but it made traveling with an infant really tough. Yeah. So, um, we're actually back in the thing of things. So I am headlining. I've done some work in Atlanta, some in um, Houston. The joke joint in Houston, which okay, is a yeah, fantastic yeah. club. Yep. Yeah. And um, and I, I'm looking forward to getting out more now that my son's a little bit older. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, so yeah. what, what kind of things you're talking about on stage these days? I've seen you know some of your stuff. It's um, it's kind of grown up. It's um, it's uh, it's kind of I, I hate to say this expression, but I do like it. It's kind of kind of girl power kind of stuff uh you know sure well i'm a girl so that's yeah that's always a thing um, <laughs> i started out when i started doing comedy i weighed 310 pounds and i was a single girl so it wasn't getting any action so a lot of my jokes revolved around that uh, mm-hmm. embarrassing things about being massive and my family from the south and now that i i lost like 160 pounds and got knocked up and then now i have a baby so things have more like i've had huge life changes in the past three years and Sounds my like jokes it. have gone along with that so, um, as far as like the losing, you know, the thought being big, being small, being a mom and having a new kid, which is sort of cool because most of the audience members have bond, you know? Yeah. So it makes it more relatable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was kind of the, like the, the biggest surprise? Let me ask you this because, you know, having lived on, I guess on both sides of it and, um, I, I'm married to a, a very beautiful curvy woman. Uh, she has a beautiful curvy friend that's a little, having kind of trouble finding a dude, are men that hung up, do you think, on that? Because I say that they're crazy, that it's not as bad as they think. But I don't know. I mean, because... Well, it just takes one, right? It takes the right. It takes one right guy. But the hard thing is finding that one right guy. Uh-huh. I think that guys are a lot more flexible when you're thinner to going down the road and seeing if you're compatible. And you probably break up for all the same reasons. But they're at least willing to go out on dates with you and, and go down that road. And I think that for curvy girls, there's less men are less likely to go, yeah, I want to date her. It's one more roadblock you have to overcome. Hmm. And I I think um, one thing that's difficult, too, is, is being – I do think that a lot of my sense of humor came from being overweight. Usually there's some sort of little piece of sand in the oyster that causes the pearl, right, of comedy. Oh, and so yeah, I think yeah. my piece of sand was – was moving around and, and being bigger and having to develop something to overcome those things. So if you're funny, you're also smart. And I do think that men, I don't know if your curvy girlfriend is funny, or friend that's a girl. Is she funny? Yes, she is. Actually, she's also a, she? a writer. And uh, she's very, yep. yeah, she's, she's very funny. And, um, but yeah, just, um, and my wife and I tell her all the time, you know, you gotta, you know, try this, try that. She, she just got a dog recently. And I said, go to the dog park. Go to the dog park. I'll meet a dude that way. I, and that is a way. A dog park is always a good one. People say that. You have to bring a puppy. But the thing about being funny, though, is I was going to say is men don't men are intimidated by funny girls. Yeah. And so that, that adds an extra level to it. They really love for people to think that they're funny. Yes. But they don't really enjoy someone else being funnier than they are. Yeah, I've heard that before too. Yeah, I guess it's hard, difficult for me to see because that's you know. Uh, that's what I'm attracted to. So to me, it's obvious. It's kind of like, it's kind of like being a football fan. It's like, well, I'm a football fan. Why wouldn't anybody else like football? It's one of those things where you just right. like, it's so natural to you. You can't imagine people think a different way. But um, and it's just strange because online a lot of times I'll see this. There'll be a, a picture of a curvy woman. There'll be one or two knuckleheads that'll chime in and go, oh, she's fat and all. That. But most people, I think, you know, most guys will say, no, she's lovely. We like a woman with curves. So 
I don't know. I just... Well, that's, that's more that's what's happening in the U.S. now. If you look at it, our population's getting bigger. So most people are curvy. I don't, I don't know what the problem with that is. I, I think there's curvy and, and there's, I think the most important thing is being comfortable in your own skin. If you still yeah. feel comfortable, like you can do whatever you want to do and you're living your life, walk on. Exactly. Um, for me, I had reached a point where it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. And that's, I have kind of the opposite problem. I'm actually too skinny. And, uh, oh, I love you people. Uh, well, <laughs> I just keep drinking milkshakes and nothing happens. <laughs> skinny people. Well, the one thing is it all goes to my gut. So I've got like a look at one of those little quasher core kids I used to see in the 70s from the in the commercials that try to raise money for starving kids in Africa. So there's that Aww. problem. And then, yeah, so I can't get rid of that. And then, uh, you know, thin people, men and women, don't age very well. If you have a little That's meat funny. on your bones, you could t- think about it. If you think, you know, people that are, uh, you sort of look gaunt. And you start, it ages you faster. And I don't think people ever notice that. They think, oh, we got to be thin forever. Well, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> the reality is, though, at least you get to age. You don't see any obese elderly people, do you? Uh, not a lot, no. So, yeah, but, you know, so at least you get to age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you, you know, but again, it's, you know, I think, I don't know, I, you know, doctors say, I'm sure medical experts know there's a, you know, the, uh, there's a weight you should be, but I always sense that there's still a little on the, um, or maybe they peg it lower so people will just strive for that. It'll reach a healthier weight, but you know it isn't. Maybe it's just a big conspiracy that way. <laughs> because I do think so too, and I I think that also there are people who can be heavier and are fine health wise. Like right. you can you can hold the extra weight, and they don't have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, any of that stuff. Pre diabetes, I unfortunately did when I was bigger. But um, there are people who are big and are perfectly healthy, and they're just bigger, and that's that's yeah. great. I I do hate the idea that we all have to be the same size. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. And I heard someone once uh, put forth the concept that there's a lot of people that are probably like me, that I'm a fat person in a skinny person's body and that I eat terribly. And there's probably bigger people that eat perfectly fine, but I really do think it's a matter of metabolism. I think there's a lot to that. I mean, it has to be. I 100% agree. I I do not believe for a minute that all the skinny people are are eating better. They just have a metabolism and let them eat crap. I completely agree with you. Exactly. So, uh, what's the uh, the end game here with your comedy? What would you like to do with it? Continue to do stand up and play bigger and bigger venues? Do you want to get do more writing? Uh, you know, involve photography in some way down the road, or are you done with photography? I, you know, it's interesting because when I started doing photography, it was a thing to have a really great camera, and now every single person has that level of really great camera for when I started in their pocket at any given moment. <laughs> so the. Um, you know, everyone has a cell phone camera that has 12 megapixels, which is crazy. You can make a 20 by 24 and hang it in your living room of that picture if you wanted to. So I think also people's appreciation for that has gone down, which is a whole other opera. But um, I love photography still, but but I would rather, I would love to make my living as a comedian. I would love to be able to tell jokes and make people happy on stage and travel and do that and uh, be with my kid. That would make me super happy. You know, I think I'll always take pictures to make myself happy, but I don't. Uh, dealing with clients is a whole other. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You know, thing. They're just, they just people don't get it anymore. Um, in general, about photography, and and so that's a whole. I don't care, but it, I, it makes me. If you look at like what brings me joy, the thing that brings me joy is getting on stage and telling jokes. It brings me amazing amounts of joy, and I love that it, it removes people from their everyday life and lets them have a little moment of release too. That's a fantastic, magical thing. That's true. and like you said, you um you know you are doing things that um you know I, it's kind of a, a cliche in a way, but a lot of people can relate to. But a lot of people can, which is nice about being you know our age is that you know we've been through a lot of stuff. And I hear a lot of comedians say, "Hey, when I was in my twenties, I didn't know anything." And so all I could talk about was getting drunk and partying. And now, 
I could sure. talk about that. When I was in my 20s, I got drunk and partied, and now talk about being a grown-up and having a family and having, you know, a, a, another a career pre-comedy or whatever it might be. So, you know, that, that I guess, really allows you to expand your material quite a bit. Yeah, it does. And then I think, um, not, to, not to knock guys in their 20s, because I've seen oh, no. really funny oh, yeah, yeah. comics in their 20s, but I do think it's, when you have some perspective in life, you see things differently, and uh, I think, again, it's what an audience finds funny, too. I've, I've noticed in audiences, when you see comic after comic get up and they're all talking about dating or moving out of their parents' house or how crazy college was, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you want variety. Sure. Well, cool. So, well, um, I've got, yeah. got a lot of good stuff here for the piece, uh, and this will be in print in City Pages, uh, both uh, in print and online, and the, the podcast will drop. Uh, I might use this for Sunday's episode. I'm not sure. Maybe the week after. But I'll, Wait, you know, what's the title of your podcast again? PF's Tape Recorder. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry it wasn't very funny. Oh, no, you're, <laughs> no, you were fine. I, I, comedians are always so earnest no, I, off stage. Just from <laughs> seeing your material, I, I, I sense we had some, some common values, as it were. And uh, it's you know it's it's nice to talk to some uh, someone closer you know to my age. It's in, in comedy, and uh, I'm 50. So. Oh, uh, okay. Well, anyone who appreciates a curvy girl, you can tell that you're 50 because you have a good head on your shoulders. So let me ask you this. Yes. Did you always appreciate curvy girls even when you were near 20? You know what? I always, I, and I looking back, I went for two types of girls. Uh, curvy girls and girls that were like 5'2", and not necessarily skinny, but they were slender. And it's really weird looking back at all the girls I liked or, and or dated. You can basically break them all down into those two types. And, That's cool. huh. and as I got older, uh, yeah, just cur- it's just, and I think my wife's theory is um, my mom was a, uh, an art teacher, an art history teacher, and things like that. And so our house was filled with these um, pictures ah. of paintings my brother took while we were in France, which my, where my mom is from. Uh, she took all these, and they're all, oh, all cool. these 18th century paintings, they're all curvy women. So maybe suddenly go. that all sunk into me because, yeah, I just don't, and again, I don't think, uh, you know, older or thinner women look good at all. And I'm, you know, kind of trying to convince my wife that she is beautiful and voluptuous. She's like, oh, other guys wouldn't think so. I'm like, well, why do other guys need to think so? Are you looking around? I mean, what's... Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what they think. It's only matter what I think. I'll give a tip and, you know, for any other curvy girls out there. I was going to say the guy that I ended up with is... Um, six foot six and redheaded and he was happy to have all the attention off of him <laughs> he, uh, he was like anything that keeps people from talking to me because i'm everyone always used to point him out because he's really tall and bright red hair yeah i'm happy with so well there you go well, glad go for gingers. well hopefully yeah. you'll be down here in cincinnati doing some comedy sometime as well i hope so too i hope yeah. we get a chance to run into each other it'd be great to meet you great okay super hey maybe you should um next year you should apply for our, our brouhaha fest i'm sure a lot of the folk like uh cy edmondson is, he's friendly with yeah, a lot of people I love Cy. He's friendly with a lot of the people down there. He could probably put you in touch with uh, Mikey over at Go Bananas. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else from up there comes down here a lot. Oh, Ike Witty. We have him uh, the next week. So, another mini Sure. I will, I will uh, definitely send those guys notes because they would love to help me out. And um, I would love to go more places. So, that'd be great. All right. Well, thanks, Wendy. Good talking to you. Nice chatting with you, too. Thank All right, you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Wendy Mayberry for being on the show. You can catch Wendy at the Joke Joint in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, that is September 30th through October 1st. And uh, she is very funny. And like I said, hopefully you'll be seeing her in your neck of the woods, as Al Roker would say. Uh, before we get, we're going to skip the uh, credits. Uh, I'm bored doing the credits. You know who did the music. You know who did everything else. Just go back and listen to an old episode. You'll enjoy it, I'm sure. Uh, but I do want to promote uh, a couple of things here. Um, 
a fangirl uh, was published in a book, and the book is called Rain Rapid Glory, and it's R-E-I-G-N kind of rain, like a king would rain, Rapid Glory. You can find that in uh, Amazon, or as our friends in Britain say, Amazon. And uh, we will, of course, have the link to that on the uh, podcast page. If you're listening to this any other way than through uh, Podbean, go to pfradio.podbean.com, and then you can see all the show notes for this episode and, and all the links to everything, and like where Wendy Mayberry is going to be and all that kind of stuff. But uh, And also the Amazon link to uh, get the book, uh, that Hannah has been published in, and uh, her uh, uh, story is called uh, Your Birthday. So it's uh, what it basically is, is these teen authors all uh, submitted essays about what it's like to be a teen and so forth, and uh, and Fangirls was chosen, so do check that out. And also, if you want to help out some friends of the show, either go to Jimmy Dore's page or go to the Rock Solid page, because they actually have what we call a, uh, what they call that, an affiliate link to Amazon, so those guys will make a couple of bucks if you order the book through them, and it doesn't change the Amazon experience, it just helps uh, a friend of uh, the shows out. We need to get one of those affiliate links, though, because uh, we use Amazon a lot. I'll try to get that sorted. All right, Song of the Week is from John Newman. You may know John Newman from his hit uh, Love Me Again, which I thought was a bigger hit in America. It only got to 30. Went to number one in several other countries, though. His new single is called Olay. More of a summer tune, but it's maybe more like a late summer tune. You know, where things get lazy at the end of the summer and it's still warm out, but you're not, you know, running around doing all kind of crazy stuff. You're just more relaxing. So uh, this is our song of the week, Olay, from John Newman. P.S. Tape Recorder, so long and thanks for listening. You won't tell none of your friends about me. Won't tell them I occupy your dreams and your thoughts Look at what we have started I feel so good when I leave your apartment I know There's no telling how far you can go And you don't want to hear about my love And my dust, babe, that I have been feeling Kiss you once, then I stare at the ceiling. Ole, you bring too much sunlight to my day, and only you can chase the pain away. You bring too much sunlight to my day, my day. My heart speaks. Seen you or been with you for weeks But I see online that you've begun to be a good girl And take trips with your boyfriend Be inattentive, continue to pretend But no